Hey there, it's John from the Red Dice Diaries, and once again, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Hannah. Hi. And we are back to discuss the last few points on Hannah's list of when it might be okay to fudge your dice rolls in an RPG. So, let's hit the music. So, what's the next point you've got on your list, love? How about... When players have underestimated the enemy and bitten off more than they can chew. Okay, well, per- personally for me, I'd just say that's unfortunate for them. I, I do entirely agree. Um, but th- there's also a potential where, you know, it depends on how it's been dealt with. I mean, we're sort of taking a lot of isolated cases here. Um, for me, I would say, if, you're, if you've heard legends about, oh, there's some ancient red dragon that lives up in the mountains and you're a first level like dunk farmer and you're like i'm gonna roll up there with my pitchfork i'm gonna take down that dragon Mm -hmm. and you stroll into like smaug's cave or whatever and the dragon like crispy fries you that that's your own silly fault like the gm sort of let let you know it was an ancient very dangerous dragon whereas if you're like oh i've heard there's like a, a bit of a bandit causing problems in this uh this town he's like stealing some farmer's produce and you're like oh me and my me and my group of fifth level like fighter homies we're gonna go and sort that out and then suddenly like the bandit turns out to be like a lich lord with like a horde of undead that's entirely different you could feel justified in like feeling a bit annoyed about that because that wasn't sort of telegraphed see when we talked about this the other day which was what sparked this whole thing yeah we were talking quite a bit about player expectations. Yes. And how sometimes the players just don't realise that it's possible to get killed in D&D in the way that it is. Yeah. And yeah. so we were talking about the idea of people coming into D&D from different places. Yeah, yeah. And how people that have come into it through computer games or war games tend not to be all that precious about losing a character. Yeah, that's Whereas true. Whereas yeah. people that have come in through theatre and reading fantasy books or watching fantasy movies, it tends to take them a little while to realise that part of the game is that mortality element. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It's all to do with managing expectations. because, uh, And it's also you, what you're wanting out of a game or what you're sort of expecting in a game straight away. Because if you're if you're sort of coming in, and I'm generalising here, folks, don't burn me up the stake or anything, mm-hmm. but if you come in from a more sort of like theatrical point of view and your main sort of impetus for like role-playing is you're like, oh, I want to carefully craft this character with a detailed backstory and I want to tell his story or her story that carries on throughout and that's your main focus for the game if that gets cut off midway through abruptly obviously that might be quite jarring for you and don't get us wrong there are gms out there that run games like that and i'm sure they're fantastic if it's what you're looking for yeah as a player it's you've got to find the right gm and the right players for a game yeah it's it's getting the player expectations and the gm expectations to sync up Mm -hmm. after all if you're if you've got a group of like actors who want to tell this story of these characters growing and you've got a gm who's like i'm all about them random encounters and those dungeons and people getting killed and it's quite lethal then yeah there's a there's a they don't sync up 
But equally, if you've got a load of players who are like, we want to get in the dungeon, kill the orcs, steal their stuff, go and carouse in town, and you've got a GM who's like, oh, I'm expecting backgrounds from my characters, and I, I want to know all about your character's family, and I'm going to do all these personal threads. Again, that doesn't sync up, and no one's going to be happy. Now, we're talking extremes here, because most games, I'd like to think, would have like a balance of both stuff in, you know. There's plenty mm. of monster killing and treasure grabbing, but also you can have a bit of sort of role play and like acting as your characters and stuff like that. Certainly that's how I try and run my games. But if you've got a group of players who lean more exclusively towards one side or the other, you know, you need to sort of think about are you happy to run that game for them in that style? Do you need to maybe meet somewhere in the middle? Or unfortunately you maybe need to be like well my style doesn't really work for this group maybe someone else should gm or you know maybe i should find a different group to gm for and again i don't really think you you need and again apologies as i said in the last episode you get a lot of these wishy-washy answers (laughs) from me but i don't really think it's a a dice rolling issue there or a dice fudging issue i think as you rightly said it's more to do with setting player expectations so next idea what about when one of you players is having a really bad time out of character? Okay. I'm not going to say what specifically, but let's say some sort of major mental health issues. Or so, some sort of personal trauma, basically. Yeah. Um, and you've got that player at one of your games, they're playing one of their favourite characters, and through another player's actions that character's about to get killed. Right, okay, well, there's there's a number of different aspects to this. The first would be, how much does your game lean into PvP or not? Because to be honest, most of the games I run, the, the players appreciate the fact that even when we've got like people playing slightly That's... dodgy characters, they're like, oh, we're all an adventuring party, we're all working together. So, let, let's say we've got a player in the game called George... Okay. who, for whatever reason, every now and again just does some random something because they've got confused about things. Okay. And they think this 8 damage dagger that they've got is the best weapon ever. Okay. So while our player who's been having a bad time is negotiating with the dragon, yep. they sneak up behind it and stab it in the bum. Okay. Now, obviously, the dragon's going to react to that. Yeah. Quick, quick tail swipe. That character's dead. (laughs) That will probably be my uh, thought as well. But what if you randomly rolled the dragon's attack and it went for breath weapon, critical damage? See, now, if if that's on the the person who just stabbed it in the arse, then that's fine. You know, you read what you sell. I've no problem with that. But I can see what you're saying. If you... Let's say you're... Your character has been having a bad time. Let's call him Michael. So I've got a name. (laughs) Let's say Michael's like negotiating with the dragon and it's all going really well. And you know, it's looking like there might not even be a combat. And then you suddenly get George come in with his like dagger of plus eight stabitude and he like shoves it in those scaly cheeks and that derails the whole thing. Now, first of all, again, wishy washy answer. That's not a problem with the dice. The problem isn't that like mm-hmm. I've rolled the dice and the dragon has like done you a lot of damage. The problem there is you've got a player who like consistently, as you were describing in this scenario, just does like random stuff for the shit hell of it. Which 
this probably isn't let's face it you're facing a dragon they've probably been going for a while this probably isn't the first time that their their sort of behavior has derailed mm -hmm. stuff that's going on or caused problems for the party now assuming the party hasn't dealt with it in character because best believe if i was in a group where like every time we started talking to an npc someone was stabbing it like that that'd probably be dealt with in character even if it's just like when the guard turn up and they're like who's killed this merchant we'd be handing him over and be like yeah there you go and he'd be taken away and be locked up <laughs> maybe you learn better with your next character but um if it's not been dealt with in character as a gm why have you not before this point had a word with that player and been like look i know you like whooping out your plus eight dagger and you think it's the best thing since sliced bread but like could you maybe like calm down on like stabbing every npc that the players are the other players are trying to sort of negotiate with because it's causing issues with the other players they're not really enjoying it and i'd like to think that if the if the if george is like a a reasonable player he'd be like okay no problem i'll tone it down a bit you know we're not saying don't stab anyone with your dagger we're just saying save it for the enemies and hopefully they'd understand that if they don't understand that and it keeps happening you're gonna have to make that tough decision of like is it worth keeping george in the game if it's nazzing off your other players that much or do you want to say look i'm really sorry george but like it's not working out there's the door tatty bye so again, I think that's the the issue where, as a GM, you need to sit down so, and talk to your players. It's managing strip, expectations strip again. Strip it back a bit. We've got a player who's having a really, really bad time. Okay. Something's happened in the game. It doesn't really matter what. Yeah. Do you kill off their character that they care about? Yep. Now, again, when we talked about this the other day, I would say that I wouldn't do anything like that, but then I wouldn't let them put a character that they got invested in in a game at that time. Yeah, again, it's, it's managing expectations to, again. Yeah. Uh, for that matter, I probably wouldn't be running a particularly lethal scenario if I knew one of my players was really struggling in one way or another. Yeah, now, obviously, I can only speak for myself. But if I'd had like a really shitty time, like some sort of personal trauma, and I was feeling that low that I was going to get that that upset if like my character died in D&D, I'd be like, do you know what? Playing D&D tonight is probably not a good idea for me. Maybe I'll... But like, you know, if I, I want to socialise, maybe I'll just get in touch with my friends and be like, oh, do you fancy like a game of cards? Oh, do you fancy just like doing something else? Maybe playing a board game or something like that? Because I know that the game we normally play in, in this scenario there's a chance characters can die and i'm like if that's going to like upset me because of the shit time i'm like maybe not not putting myself in that situation is the best course of action and also and i i don't mean to sound horrible here i really don't but let's say my character does die for some reason i've had this personal trauma i've gone into a game my character's died i'm very upset i've then put the other people in a very uncomfortable position because through no fault of their own they're just running the normal game that i've said i'm okay to turn up to so they've presumably gone okay you've turned into a game you're an adult you know you can handle the normal game i rock up to the game i get really upset that sort of grinds a session to a halt probably the players are feeling uncomfortable you don't really know how to move forward and it makes everything a bit difficult for everybody and myself so i'd probably be like oh guys i'm not i'm not really feeling the game tonight this this terrible thing whatever it is has happened but you know 
is it all right maybe if I jump on for like the pre-game chat for a bit just have a chat for people and I'll bow out when the actual game starts I'm really sorry but I don't want to bring everyone down with like all the shiz that's been going on if you have a chat after the game I'd love to get involved with that um, maybe we could meet up this weekend and do something else or whatever and that's how I do it and that's just me because I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable but also I wouldn't want to put myself into a situation where I might make myself feel more uncomfortable now as a GM if one of your players is going through something like this you're yeah. the one in charge of the game yeah and obviously when someone's really struggling with something you can't just tell them to fuck off that's that's just a really crappy thing to do but maybe consider just putting a pause on the regular campaign for a few weeks and doing something a bit more light-hearted or as you say doing a few other things see i can sort of see i see what you're saying here i genuinely do but i can see both sides of the argument because i agree that one option is you could put the main campaign on pause do something a bit more light-hearted but also you're as i as i said when we were talking about this earlier with role-playing me like a group activity you're effectively saying to the rest of the group like you can't carry on with this game because like one person's had some unfortunate happened to them which now don't get me wrong if you're a very close group that might be fine like if you're a group of friends just meeting up you might be like oh well oh robert's had a terrible time or michael or whatever name we were using michael's that <laughs> michael's had a terrible time is there any chance we can just like do something a bit more light-hearted we're, we're going we're to play like a board game or we're going to do whatever or i'm just going to run a little a little side adventure where you're playing some disposable characters it's got nothing to do with the main quest happy days and, and groups of friends might be like yeah that's fine if you meet up every week or whatever you might be like oh yeah we're missing a couple of sessions or one session whatever that's fine however if you're playing with like a group online or a group that maybe don't really associate a great deal outside the game and they only come together at once every now and again like once every two weeks or once every month for a game and you're like oh any chance we could like miss a couple of sessions they might be like oh it's going to be like three months now before we can get back to the game and they might know nothing about michael's like trauma that he's got going on because like they don't associate a great deal out of the game and obviously as a gm you've probably not wanted to share all the grisly details because you're trying to be a bit sensitive to it so i think as a gm you're in a very difficult position which is why i said before if i was in michael's place i'd sort of remove myself from the equation so the gm didn't have to deal with that because i i've being a, a sort of eternal gm myself I know how uncomfortable I'd be in that sort of situation, so I'd try not to put it on other people. But if I was in that situation, I'd first of all try and have like an open and frank discussion with the group and say like, oh look, okay, Michael's not really feeling it at the minute. X, Y, and Z has happened to him. I don't think sort of going on with like the the, the ever-burning quest of the murderous orc warlords tonight, or whatever module we're playing, is is a great idea how do you guys feel about maybe doing something else or is there any way we can sort of like tweak this or maybe we could do like a flashback and explore something else what are you guys feeling about that and obviously if if michael's comfortable enough obviously get him involved in the conversation and then make a decision as a group because if it's a decision you all agree on and you can all live with you can then move forwards whereas as a gm i wouldn't just want to make a decision and be like right this is what we're doing and then you get like two or three players who were like oh but i was really looking forward to like raiding the temple of the murderous or oh, lord and we're not going to have to do it for like ages now or you, you you go ahead and you do it and then you've got michael being like oh to be honest I, i'm not really up for like a wading through like all blood and guts for like three hours tonight to like 
will win this uh, this ruby or whatever. So it's difficult. I think you have to approach it with a little bit of sensitivity and with a bit of openness and frankness amongst your group. I mean, presumably you're all adults or at least people who are old enough to play the game in a reasonable fashion. So I would hope that you could have a discussion and then you could reach a mutually agreeable solution to everybody. So this is one you suggested, which is in a one-on-one game. Yeah, and I mean, this is one of the... I'm really, in case you've not guessed by now, guys, I'm really not... I know I've kept it secret, shock, horror, but I'm really not a fan of fudging dice. Mostly because I think in a lot of cases, as you've seen by my answers, I think the, the problems that fudging sort of solves, it's just like putting your finger in... A hole in the dam you know <laughs> you've not solved the problem it's all right while your fingers in there but as soon as you take it out again the problem's there and i think a lot of times if you solve the initial problem you don't need to fudge dice anyway however a one-on-one game is potentially one of the few situations where i could see sort of fudging dice might work a bit better now i personally don't really run one-on-one games but as we said earlier if you're trying to tell the story of one character Mm-hmm. Having that character suddenly get gacked by a goblin arrow mm-hmm. is a lot more jarring. And in a in a normal RPG environment, it's a group game that it's mm-hmm. about the adventuring party, not one of the individual people in it. But if you're playing a one-on-one game, even if they've got henchmen or hirelings or whatever, effectively that story is about one character. So I could see you maybe being a little bit more lenient on that. But again, just to just to go because you can't get an answer on me without it being a bit wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I would say, if I if I wanted it to be D&D, I'd probably pick one of the newer editions where like it's more heroic, advancements quicker, um, deaths less of a thing. Because if you're telling the story of one character, it's about that one hero, that one hero's journey. So I'd probably go for like your 5th edition or something like that. Or I'd find another system that supported that and that sort of like heroic one hero against the world sort of thing better than your standard sort of version of D&D does so I'd, I'd still sidestep the fudging yeah see I'm also not a big fan of the one on one games yeah. I think I've played one in my entire life and it was absolutely awful um, well I think for me with the thing of one on one games is in a in a group game if you're a player and you're like oh, I'm not really sure what to do the GM can always jump to somebody else and you've got group input, so you might be like, oh, I'm not sure what to do. And the other players can chip in ideas. Or, or like if the GM needs a bit of from a GM's point of view, if the GM needs a bit of time to like collect themselves and consider what they're gonna do, they can turn to a player and say, Oh, what are you doing? Or they can say to the discuss amongst yourself to the group. Whereas when it's a one on one, you haven't got that. If you as a player don't make a decision and the GM is not willing to push things onwards, nothing happens. Also as the GM, if you need a bit of a breather it's not like that one player character can talk to other people because they'll just be the hirelings that you as the GM have got at that NPC. So it doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room. So I'm not a big fan of one-on-one games. If you love them, that's great. You crack on, have fun. It just doesn't work particularly well for me. So that's been our last thoughts on well i say last thoughts depends mm. if we get a lot of input the conversation might continue i'm Although, sure we can come up with some other scenarios oh where yeah it i'm sure might we could. be okay but those are just a few more thoughts on when it might be okay to fudge dice rolls in your games this does seem to have become more sort of 
a list of bad situations you could get into as a GM. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think that I think that's uh, inevitable because if you're contemplating fudging a dice roll, it's because some bad situation has occurred. Well, you, yeah, you don't think about fudging a dice roll when everything's going fine, do you? So I think it's unavoidable. But we hope we've presented some potential alternatives to fudging dice rolls, oh, and we've talked a little bit about when times when it might be. You know, if you, if you turn the lights off and you squint at it, it might be okay to to fudge dice rolls. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please uh, like, share, and subscribe and all that good stuff if you want to get involved in the conversation or chat about anything else and please do we love to hear your feedback you can send us an email message to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com or if you prefer you can leave us a voicemail message using either speakpipe or anchor and there'll be links to all of that in the description of this episode so until we see you next time take care stay safe and whatever you're playing have fun bye